salt and light do so much with so little. Imagine going out to dinner tonight and ordering a big, juicy, 16-ounce ribeye. Maybe down to Baltimore you, were, Baltimore you were at last night. The chef may have grilled it to perfection, but it needs salt. And without salt, it's almost not worth eating. The salt is so little, it barely weighs anything. But it does so much. Imagine the people living in eastern Ukraine and without electricity for days. Tonight they're going to light a few candles in their homes so that they can see, so they can cook, so they can pray. The candle is so little. It's just a tiny stick of wax. But it does so much. Salt and light do so much with so little. Jesus teaches that it is the same way with us. We are his disciples in the world. With just a few disciples, or even just one disciple, or with just little me as I am, Jesus can do so much. But do we actually believe that? We might argue with Jesus and say that we can't do much because we're so little or so few or we feel so weak. But listen to St. Paul today. He says to the people of Corinth, When I came to you proclaiming the mystery of God, I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my message and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of spirit and power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. This is the great St. Paul. This is the apostle of the nations. And he says that in person, he had fear and trembling and weakness, and he actually wasn't very persuasive at all when he preached to the Corinthians. And there's actually another place in Scripture where Paul mentions how some of those first Christians would tease him because he would send them these letters that were full of elegant prose and beautiful spiritual wisdom, but then he'd show up in person and he'd speak to them, and they were not impressed. They're like, this guy is pretty, pretty average, pretty mediocre. But people began to change People began to turn towards the living God. They were persuaded, not by this man Paul, but by the spirit and the power that came from them receiving the message. It was the power of God in Paul that convicted the Corinthians that Jesus Christ is real, is the Messiah, and that he's risen from the dead. Paul just let himself be salt and light to the people near him. Paul was very little, actually. But through him, Christ did so much. You might also argue with Jesus and say that, well, even if I let myself be salt and light, 
who cares? And what does it matter? Because there's so much darkness in the world. There are so many terrible things happening. I mean, Jesus, just read the news, right? But listen to the words of the psalmist today. It goes well for the man who is gracious and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. Evil news he shall not fear. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. You see, each of us has a sphere of interest and a sphere of influence. We're all interested in things beyond our sphere of influence. We're interested in what's happening in Ukraine, in Washington, in Minneapolis, and that's good. But we're only responsible for that which is within our sphere of influence, most of all the people who are nearest to us. And when we get that backwards, we can easily fall into the temptations of doubt and despair and fear. I meet so many people who seem to always be angry. They've lost their luminosity. They've lost their zest. A disciple of Jesus does not fear evil news. His heart is firm. Her heart is firm. Why? Because we are salt and light. Because we seem so little, but in fact, Christ can do so much through us. So much through you. If you want a simple recipe for how to help those nearest to us in your sphere of influence, which is always smaller than our sphere of interest, we can do it no better than turn to our first reading. The words of Isaiah show us how to be salt and light within our sphere of influence. He says, Share your bread with the hungry. Shelter the oppressed and the homeless. Clothe the naked when you see them. And do not turn your back on your own. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn. When we do these things, when others see how much God does through us who are so little, they will glorify the Heavenly Father. And that's what it's all about. Jesus does not say, your light must shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify you. He says they will glorify their Heavenly Father. They will glorify their Heavenly Father when they realize that even though we, his disciples, are so little and so few, that by us being salt and light, God has such a powerful impact to change their lives, to do something new in their lives. It means that we don't have to be afraid of being little or few or weak. We can just be who we are in God's sight. And God will do so much through us. Brothers and sisters, in a moment, we're going to turn towards this altar to glorify our Heavenly Father for saving us through Jesus. Jesus is His Son who became so little. 
a little life in Palestine, a single man who is also the living God, a mere three-year ministry in the first century A.D., and through him God did so much. We're going to receive Jesus in the Eucharist today in this little tiny host something that can be dropped on the floor by accident. We're going to receive the humble Son of God, who is the light of the world, who gives us the zest of life. As we receive him today, may Jesus keep us salty, and may he make our light shine before others.